this is the old show feed for the LGBTQ podcast that gives you news and views from a non-straight perspective. We took the eight out of the name, so the podcast was renamed Not Straightcast, all spelled out as of episode 32. The last episode on this old feed is episode 35. Episode 36 and beyond are now located on the new feed. All the links are located on our website, notstraightcast.com, where you can search for Not Straightcast in your favorite podcast app. Also, visit notstraightworld.com for links to all of our websites. from a non-straight perspective. This is Non-Straight Cast, episode 35 for February 14th, 2024. Welcome to Not-Straight Cast. I'm Becca. And I'm Joe. Hey, Becca, how you doing? Hey, I'm pretty good. What's happening? Another week? Another week, yeah. <laughs> Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, we're coming up to episode 36. Yeah, we'll be on our new feed, huh? Well, the the new shows will be on the new feed only. Yeah. Because right now they're yeah. still on both feeds. Okay. So now if you're on the old feed, the artwork is going to be in black and white for this episode there. But hey, what was up with me last show? I tell you what, I don't know. It was an off show for me. I edited the show and it was kind of like, I was like, meh. Yeah, I listened to it. I didn't I didn't notice anything, but I guess, you know, we yeah, notice I, ourselves. I listened to it too. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too great either. It was, <laughs> was kind of like mid, you know. But I'm thinking there was a theory, and I think some of it had to do with me. I was just completely off that show there because I did something the week before. I actually switched my meds. Um, I switched them from getting them at the pharmacy, getting them delivered at home. Oh yeah. I remember you mentioned, mentioning something about that. Well, as it turns out, I guess some of those meds had different manufacturers. So some of the pills were a little different. Okay. But I think though, what it was there is, is that because they take blood pressure medication, those meds were actually working and they were lowering my blood pressure to the point where I was feeling tired. Too low. And so I'm thinking, yeah, it's possible, possibly my blood pressure was a little bit low the last time I did the show here. That'll make you feel like absolute hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> when it really drops like that, yeah. The sad part is it drops in the normal range, and it's kind of like, oh, I feel really tired now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, those are the joys of getting old. <laughs> right? I love any occasion to use that sound effect. <laughs> yeah. It just comes out and it's just like, you know what? <laughs> My inner 12 year old boy starts giggling. I swear. Everyone's <laughs> to hear about our health problems that we have, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what this whole podcast is going to be about in a few years. I can barely walk to the mailbox <laughs> to get my mail. <laughs> Where's my cane? <laughs> Then I fell down the stairs. <laughs> Old people. Yeah. Yeah. The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Old cast. 
Uh, but also too something i noticed when i was editing the last show there is is that you sounded great on the last show thank you yeah that was the first one with this new mic i didn't sound like i was in a tunnel or like talking into a bucket or something i mean it was amazing how well you sounded there and it's just i mean it's not an expensive mic or anything there but no it made a huge difference i'll tell you what me on the other hand there i you know Slightly more expensive setup there. You know, I actually have a real, like, actual broadcast microphone. Yeah, but... Joe's the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do other stuff in this podcast that requires me to have that microphone. Yeah. So, yeah. but I noticed there is, like, my audio chain, I think, was introducing some noise into it there because I noticed there was, like, this really high-pitched white noise whine in the background. I think I filtered most of it out when I edited the show together. But I was like, you know what? For me having hundreds of, hundreds of dollars worth of equipment here, I think it would sound a little bit better, you know? So, <laughs> anyways. I'm so, at a loss with the tech stuff. I just let you go on and smile and nod. So I simplified the chain. So I used to have two mixers and an audio processor. And so I got rid of one of the mixers. I actually sold it on eBay. Actually, it's up for sale right now on eBay. Um, I sold the old audio compressor and I bought a new one that has basically the functionality of the mixer and the audio compressor built in. So basically in this case, then I'm spending a hell of a lot of money to sound horrible. Basically, <laughs> that's what it boils down to. Well, you sound good today, at least right now. Yeah. So we'll see how long that lasts for, but basically I'm spending a lot of money to sound really bad. So <laughs> But uh, one thing I didn't expect to have to buy was a new chair. If you look at me on the uh, the uh, webcam here, you can kind of tell here. I'm in this new chair here right now. Oh, yeah. New ergonomic shape. Yeah. And what's interesting about this chair, and I'm actually going to get out of the chair so I can show Becca here, is actually there's a piston on the back. Oh. And this piston do? here, if you loosen this up here, I'll go ahead and loosen it up. You know, here it goes black. See if I can get this happen here. <laughs> there we go. What it does, it pushes the back forward in the chair. Oh, so if I sit very down in cool. The chair, it will basically float between the back of that piston. Oh, and the back here, but that's cool. So you don't have like that jolt of having to. Well, push. it's more ergonomic if I sit forward, it still is pushing up against my back. Or if I sit back, it's still pushing up against my back there. But yeah. I usually just keep it in one position, to be honest with you there, like I just did right now. Yeah, it's really comfortable. I tell you what, I was shocked. And it was only $100. I wish my boss would purchase new seats for Terry and I, because they're bad. I have those cushions that I put on them, you okay. know, but yeah. But pretty... I work from home <laughs> and I do other stuff here at home. On my computer requires me to sit down a fair amount. I was literally going through office chairs every year. Oh wow. Yeah. Either like like the things like the pin that you put in to keep it from leaning back would start bending. So I would just start kind of like the chair would just start leaning back on its own without me okay. having to do anything. Or the cushions would go flat. You know, we just like it's like sitting on a board basically. My work chair sinks. 
you put it all the way up and then <laughs> it'll click down one and then it'll click down one and it'll click down one <laughs> and somebody said that he had fixed it but they definitely did not fix it it just takes longer to fall now i had an office chair at one time there that i had here at home that basically you would like put it up so it'd be at its highest point and it would just like start sinking down on you just randomly. that's exactly what this said yeah that's exactly <laughs> what this does and the sad part is this was like a 300 dollars chair so, it's that whole planned obsolescence thing that right. the companies do. Like, I mean, you hear people talking about how things used to last forever, like, like refrigerators and, and everything now is designed to break after a certain amount of time to keep the mm -hmm. economy flowing, so to speak. Well, I think we're coming to a point there where it's kind of like we're coming to a breaking point. Yeah, yeah, we definitely we're, are seeing some signs of end stage capitalism. <laughs> we're also everything is breaking too. Everything, <laughs> including my body. <laughs> right? Yeah, my body. Everything <laughs> I'm dealing with here, everything I'm, you know. Yeah. I know. I was telling you about my car earlier, but that is depressing. So Yeah, you're having issues with your car now. Oh great. <laughs> Time to trade <sighs> the damn thing in. Oh no. Time Can't to afford fix the payment, it. huh? Oh hell no! Like I got lucky when I got this car. I got it like literally a month before the pandemic hit. Okay. So I have and a things real... were kind of normal still. Yeah, and 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 affordable. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she just needs a little little fixing. That's all. Well, let's hope it's not too expensive. So yeah, yeah. Along with spending money. <laughs> 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 uh, we launched something new called Not Straight Radio. And uh, basically what it is, it's basically our previous shows played out like talk radio, basically. Yeah, I listened to it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's on our website um, at notstraightcast.com or you can go to uh, nsc.lgbt forward slash radio. Yeah. Um, it's also in the Shotcast directory which you can access on their website. We have a YouTube live channel and it's also on Twitch TV as well. I've and I've never been um, on Twitch. I've never looked at Twitch. I know that's for a lot of gamers. They exactly. They stream on there. But there's no websites like Justin TV anymore or the other streaming websites that used to be around. Oh yeah. I forgot about Back in Justin. the early 2010s. Because whenever you and I did not street TV, uh, basically not straight TV was streaming to those websites at that time. Oh, okay. And so it was one of those things where we used stream to it there, you know, stream 24 seven. So basically it's kind of like a subset of that basically. Okay. But in this case here in 2024, the streaming <laughs> options are a little more limited. Now. <laughs> yeah. Like we said earlier, like technology has, has come far when we did, when I was doing Sister Shout on Not Straight TV, mm -hmm. um, we used Skype, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we used Skype. Skype, like, Skype was the thing. Zoom wasn't even a thing back then. Yeah, that hadn't happened yet. And now, whenever we record this podcast, we actually use Zoom. Because it's the only software I can think of that gives you individual audio channels 
whenever you record something like, for example, whenever we record this podcast, you're on a channel, I'm on a channel, and then these noises <laughs> are on their own channel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My favorite noise. <laughs> so that way there makes it a lot easier to edit there because it's not all one just yeah combined thing together there. But it's also, it's kind of like, yeah, we had that technology back then, but in some ways things have gotten worse. Well, neither one of us want to be on camera anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my own personal hang up though. That's like, <laughs> I have I actually a... found a clip actually of us and you had blonde hair back. Then. I know. I'm, I know. I was actually thinking about, you know, going back and let my natural come through again. And I <laughs> didn't have as gray of hair at the time. Yeah, so. we look so I look so much younger. Well, I think we you sent younger. me that. Yeah, a lot younger. I was like not 40 yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to find the black solo cup clip. I, can't I find love it that. Oh, that was <laughs> so funny. <laughs> for for folks who don't know what we're talking about, there basically back in the day. Um, it was like after one of our shows one time. Yeah, yeah. I actually just started playing something off of the soundboard I had at the time there. <laughs> it was just some like royalty free music. And I started singing. And he it made it up. Random, yeah, completely yeah. off the cuff. It, it was complete improv and it was freaking hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it worked out real well. <laughs> it was just funny. <laughs> I can't a black find a clip solo anymore. cup. <laughs> can't find the damn clip anywhere anymore. And actually, yeah, speaking of that there, I don't really have any of the shows from not street TV anymore, actually. Oh yeah. Cause, um, I let the website go. Oh, that aw. was stupid of me. Uh. I should have backed up that stuff, but also too, it's kind of like, it was like whenever I merged with Gaelic television and I went over there and everything, it's kind of like, the stuff was kind of just like left to die in the vine. I got you. Yeah. Cause I'll be honest. I was kind of going through things at the time there. And it was just kind of like, it was either I was going to quit doing it completely or merge with them. And so I decided to merge with them. And then I just quit doing it completely, you know? Right. And it's kind of like, I want nothing to do with it for a while there. But wow. now that I look back on it, there, it's kind of like, I wish some of the stuff was still there. And they're actually, if you go on the Daily Motion website, some of the stuff is still there. Okay. I should peep it. I want to see. <laughs> yeah. I think the episode that I interviewed you and your ex-wife. Oh, when we came to Pittsburgh? Yes. Is actually okay. on there. I think all the episodes of Cup of Joe, which was a show yeah. that I hosted that just interviewed people sometimes. Yeah. Or did it myself if I needed to. <laughs> <laughs> It was interesting back in the day there, but basically in this case here, yeah, I mean, this whole entire podcast is kind of like an extension of that there, but a little easier for us to do there. And honestly, I think we both are older. We have more things going on with our lives nowadays. Yeah. So it's a lot less time that we spend doing this, sir, but I think it's just as fun. Yeah, it is. I like, I like doing this much better than being on film, being on camera, kind of, despite my stage experience, it, I don't know. It makes me feel uh, self-conscious or something. I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, just being on audio, you know, yeah. you don't have to worry about as much. Yeah. I like this. This is much better <laughs> for me. 
but I noticed there, it's like, I look at myself on camera back in the day and I was like, I used to be good. What the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell happened here? But yeah, also too, I just wanted to mention there as well is, is that like along with launching all that audio stuff there, we also um, launched on Blue Sky, which is basically, it's like Twitter. You go on there, it's exactly like Twitter. And it's actually, I think like Jack Dorsey used to be like the CEO or he's on the board or something now. But that's oh, after okay. Elon Musk bought Twitter that Jack left and then he found the blue sky. Yeah. Okay. And they're a lot smaller. So it was like in beta for like almost a year and now it's to the public. So that's, mm -hmm. that's why we're there now. So I'll have yeah. to check that out. It's basically um, X or, you know, yeah. Twitter because I refuse I, to call it X. <laughs> I left Twitter the moment that Elon Musk took over because I knew exactly what's going to happen. It's going to become a cesspool of hate speech and the dregs of humanity. Oh yeah. I still have it on my phone, but I'll go on there and it's kind of like, I'll be on there for like two minutes and I'll start running into like really violent yeah. or like completely inappropriate stuff that I do not want to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much everything on there. Cause there's like virtually no oversight. It's like, you know, couples arguing and then somebody pulls out a gun and shoots them. It's kind of like, I don't need to see that, you know? Somebody, there was a dude, I think like last week or something that videoed himself killing his dad on and put it on YouTube. I don't know if it was on oh, X Lord. too, but he, yeah, he streamed it freaking live on YouTube and YouTube left it up for like hours before they finally took it down. So all these people saw what he did to his dad and it was over politics in Pennsylvania somewhere. Yeah. I mean, which is not worth shooting people over. I'm sorry. You know? Uh, you're not talking to them there but shooting them is kind of like that takes a little bit far yeah a little, little bit see it's no fun now everybody is online you know <laughs> <laughs> anyways um you have a story about some medical fraud i do okay so i can't really say this person's name because it's under investigation right now and the whole thing's real convoluted but eh. I'll get into it. So okay. a friend of, well, this girl was an acquaintance of Sue and um, we found out about a year and a half ago that she had been diagnosed with this um, rare and aggressive form of breast cancer. Okay. And like right away she started, you know, fundraising and she said that everybody had, or, or the doctors told her she had like one to three years to live. So she started raising money ostensibly to take care of her small son when you know she passed away and there was like a benefit that was held in her honor and it was you know almost a good twenty thousand dollars that were, was raised and like she went on a campaign of you know educating the public about this type of breast cancer and it you know uh, i guess it only affects not only but it mostly affects black women specifically okay. um and she's biracial yeah. But, uh, so yeah, there was a GoFundMe, there was, a uh, um, a benefit that was held for her. She wrote a children's book and there was a blurb at the end of it about how all proceeds were going to, you know, her son's trust or whatever to take care of him once she's gone, you know, it's a really heart wrenching stuff. Yeah. And last weekend we found out that it was entirely made up. She oh, made the God. whole 
You made the whole thing up. In fact, she went so far as to fly to Texas to see a doctor um, just so she could get the the header, the paperwork header on there. Okay. And she, you know, made her own version of, of a medical report that put that this, like, signed this doctor's name, put all this stuff on it, forged the entire thing, saying that she had this aggressive breast cancer. So it was all a ploy like she went to bali twice like the the gofundme and the fundraisers were also you know for some bucket list things that she wanted to do like she was flying to you know on these tropical vacations uh, but people were starting to raise an eyebrow because she she was telling people conflicting information like one girl she told her that she was in a wheelchair and couldn't walk anymore because of you know the treatment or whatever uh, she told Sue that she wasn't seeking any treatment because, you know, she wa- didn't want to be sick for the rest of her life. Okay. Um, and, you know, and the other thing was, is she wasn't taking her son on these vacations with her. <laughs> oh. And so, like, if you are have, like, one to three years to live, don't you think that you would want to spend every waking moment that you could with your child? You know, like, I'm not a mother, but... Well, that I think it's put to the point where you're getting your lies getting so deep that you're starting to contradict yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So she yeah. made all of her friends, all of her family, her own small son believe that she was going to die. Okay. And she wasn't. It wasn't. The whole damn thing's made up. And now she, when she was confronted, she was claiming that, um, she had a head injury and doesn't remember the last two years. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. And like, I'm still like so floored by this whole story. And like, I, I, man, I wish I could call her out. Like, I, I really wish I could throw her to the wolves. Um, I had thought about making a TikTok about it, but then I changed my mind because I don't want to like, this is a, like, it's a big deal. Like the doctor in Texas, from what I understand, has already filed charges and the, the police down there and the police up here are going to be working together. So they're building a case against her. Yeah. Um, and so how we found out was Sue had noticed that all of a sudden she wasn't online anywhere. Like she had a whole Instagram that was devoted to talking about this disease and her mm-hmm. Facebook was gone. Everything was gone. TikTok, all of it gone. And Sue had put up a post on Facebook. Hey, has anybody heard from, you know, So-and-so. Yeah. Koshmo from Kokomo. And <laughs> they were like, this girl commented and was like, yeah, look at my post that I just put up last week or whatever. And she went and looked and yeah, oh, whole wow. thing, whole thing was made up. It was a complete and total scam. Like I'll, I'll drop her name once, you know, I know that she's been arrested and stuff, but like right now I can't really, I'm not sure about libel and yeah, things of that nature. And like, I don't want to inadvertently screw up, you know, yeah, uh, you know, like I'll basically reports on it there and it becomes news. Yeah, then you can right, say right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I don't want to be the one to like do that. I don't want to. Yeah, once it becomes public knowledge, there then it's kind of like it's fair game, you know. Yeah, complete sociopath though. Like, wh- who would who does that? Like, and, and she was supposedly in in recovery for the last seven years. Sure, you know she did pills. Um, but she's been actively in addiction this whole time, lying to everybody about it. Oh God, like almost $20,000, Joe. Wow. I donated so, 50 bucks so, myself. Yeah. It's like $50 like, out the window that I could yeah. use, you know, 
I need it now. Where's my twenty thousand dollars going? Yeah, but the thing is, is that she did not delete the GoFundMe. It was still up, so the cops have access to everybody that that donated and everybody that she defrauded. And yeah, it'll be in the news. It will because this this sort of thing is a is a big deal. So hopefully someday, one day you get made whole. Yeah, I'm not even worried about it. I just yeah. want her to face some consequences. Like, I don't care about the money, like, mm-hmm. but but she needs to face some consequences. And like, at, at worst, it was, you know, fundraising fraud it, it, at, you know, and the worst, it's grand larceny. So, yeah, depending on whichever way they decide to play it. You know what? It just amazes me there where it's kind of like where, you know, people will just ask for money and not feel any need to maybe be thankful about it there. Or I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, is that it's like you loan them the money and then they completely utterly forget that you loaned them the money, you know, uh, yeah. towards you, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I know this is maybe not necessarily the best explanation with all this here, but it's just kind of like, even on like a personal level there, it's kind of like you loan somebody money, you never see it again kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of come down to the point where I won't give somebody something unless I never expect to see it back ever. You know? Right. Right. I give it to them with no expectations of anything in return. God, people are always asking me for money. I've had multiple people ask me for money. And I'm like, what what makes you think that I have this money to give you? <laughs> like, you know, I'm struggling just like the rest of the world is, you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like I'm doing okay, but it's kind of like, you know, I I feel I feel the pinch, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Oh, moving on. You have some good news. Thank God. I this is do. About Sue. Yeah. <laughs> so last weekend she came to visit me and like, y'all y- know, she, you know, lives up near Akron. Um, and we had our, our own little Valentine's day and we exchanged commitment rings. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Like we just wanted something to show that, you know, the commitment level was there. Like neither one of us are interested in getting the, the IRS involved in our relationship. Oh, so you're not getting married anytime no, soon. No, no, no. Damn it. I mean, <laughs> neither one of us are really interested in doing that. And you I know what? I, I have something fun to plan. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there might be a, a ceremony or something at some point, you know, but um, as far as legalization, no, I'll just. Uh, I've been down that road. I do not want to have to pay to break up with somebody if that's what happens. I completely understand there because I think I'm at the point now where it's kind of like, I'm not sure if I want a relationship anymore, Yeah, (laughs) whether it's worth the trouble, you know, you know, so me getting married is like not on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's a big deal. And, And really these days there's there's really not a lot of point to it unless you have children and you know you get some kind of tax breaks that way but but yeah it's like it used to be that marriage was because uh, like a woman had to have a man to have any kind of a life in this which i mean she couldn't have a bank account she couldn't buy a house she couldn't have a credit card she couldn't you know mostly couldn't have you know a job you know so like women needed to get married to to you know get out of their house and be an adult Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and like financially, it was the worst, like my ex-wife and I, that was the worst decision we ever made financially. Was getting married. Yeah. It was getting married. Yeah, huh. it was. It, it, yeah, it, it, it hurts so many things financially. Yeah. I never have been married. 
So I know people who've been gay married and now gay divorced. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, I'm just wondering if I should even bother going through that, you know? Yeah. Well, if you meet somebody that you think it's worth it, you know, but. Right. But I don't know. Like to me, all it is is really, it's just getting the government involved. It's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that probably sounds a little cynical to the romantics out there, but. So speaking of jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I, but guess, so... your, I guess your work is changing owners huh yeah and this is this has me worried they they they, they have assured me that nothing is going to change but famous last words <laughs> like my last job you know wound up you know making a bunch of changes and then they laid off 50 people like unceremoniously laid, laid off people like i came mm-hmm. in on july 5th from the july 4th holiday and they're like, oh, yeah, t- about 10 a.m., the, the regional manager comes in. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're... bye, this is your last day. Actually, this is your last minute. You're done now. <laughs> and it was. It Thank was... God for unemployment, huh? Well, that took, like, by the time I got a job was when I finally got the money. Like, oh, it's, Pennsylvania is horrible with, with, like, first getting it. They only give you about 60%. But they they give me uh, you know a severance pay and okay. and you know i got all my vacation cashed out so you know i got a good chunk of change from that but like i found this job and i really like it and you know the benefits could be better but you know the owner's really generous and he's you know he's a good guy and he's good to work for but you know he's getting older and has, he's had some health problems and i guess the the last owner had some kind of a stroke and was coming in and just making everybody's lives miserable because he really couldn't do anything. Okay. Like they had to help him do everything, including go into the bathroom and like, yeah. And that's like not what you do to your employees. So when he passed away and Sonny took over, um, you know, he had always vowed that he was not going to do that to his employees. So he's the, the people that are taking over, like we know who they are. They are longtime customers of ours. They seem to be okay. Uh, but like, there are things that, you know, I'm concerned about, like we got an end of the year bonus in December. That was fabulous. Oh, and, wow. and I don't think that's probably not going to happen anymore. And that's just a testament to how, uh, generous that Sonny the owner is right you know and yeah. like he didn't know me from a hole in the wall and he gave me paid days off when my mom was sick and passed away and they were so wonderful through all that and I'm I'm just really worried and like the lady that works in the office with me it's just the two of us and we've gotten to be really really good friends and she said that if it gets you know too much changes or they come in and you want to want to be all bull in a china shop about it that she's going to leave which means i'm going to leave and that means i'm going to have to find another job again <laughs> like i just it just went down the rabbit hole of doom for me when they told me that you know that the company was being sold to these other people i had a friend who moved from pittsburgh to atlanta for a new job and mm-hmm. got laid off <gasps> after 10 months oh my god Thankfully, he found a new job within like two months there. Oh, good. He had some savings and everything there because yeah. it was kind of like, great. I moved down there. And then on top of it, too, there during that job, it was like all like he had all kinds of trouble. 
you know, he basically showed a coworker a uh, video of a drag show and the coworker accused him of sexual harassment. <gasps> yeah. Oh, well, in Atlanta, like, freaking Georgia, I mean, like the home of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right. Yeah, it's like his dream job turned into like a disaster, but yeah, he ended like up a in a much better place. So, oh, yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. And even like with my own job, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, there's a certain level of BS that goes on, which is part of the reason why I work during the nights, you know? Yeah. I work those weird hours because I don't have to deal with that level of BS. My boss has like yelled at me for something I didn't even do, you know? Oh, I gotta love that. And it's kind of like, how the heck do you think that I actually did this here? But nonetheless, it's kind of like, I've been at this job for almost a decade now. I'm wondering here, should I go and find something new? Should I not really worry about it too much there? And it's kind of like, I kind of ended up somewhere in between. It's kind of like, you know what? I used to put in more effort. I used to care. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is with companies, I'm going to come and do my job and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like that whole quiet quitting thing that they talk about, yeah. you know, it's like only doing, you know, what you're expected because like, I don't know about you, but I was raised by people that says, if you work hard, you'll be rewarded. And that is complete horseshit. Like the, bullshit now. It, yeah. it is. It is. The harder you work, the more they work you without extra pay. Yeah, the more work they give you, basically, is what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and and they talk about, oh, well, nobody has company loyalty anymore. Well, companies don't have any loyalty to their employees. I mean, like what I was just talking about, like, like I was really secure. Yeah, like you just got laid off. You know, just like, yeah. Unceremoniously, you know? like this. Like you're gone. Like, and yet if you're the quit, they need to give you, you need to give them two weeks notice. You know? I've so never given like... notice. I won't <laughs> give notice. I absolutely refuse because the, the times that I have given notice, they, they just let you go that day anyways. Well, but... I figured, you know, give the notice then, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Like they could have given notice. Like they could mm -hmm. have at least given me a, like a heads up that they were going to do that. But so no, like after that, I was like, you know what? I am not working my ass off any longer. I'm going to find a job that I can do the bare minimum and get paid, you know, a livable wage. And yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> I'm not going to stick my neck out anymore because so I, for as far as you go, I am all for looking for something new. It's, I mean, it doesn't hurt to put feelers out. Exactly. You know, just to look around. That's the way I look at it there, but it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't know. Yeah. And I completely yeah. understand where you're coming from with that there. It's kind of like with your current situation, it's kind of like you want to, you want to just see how it goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if it's okay, then fine. If it becomes too unbearable, then it's kind of like, I need to do something about this, you know? Right. Then make that move. But uh, anyways, I guess we're going to go ahead here. We're going to take a break. And we'll be right back to Not Straightcast after these messages. Want to support Not Straightcast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straightcast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store.
If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than Voxonix's shared website hosting plans. Voxonix uses SSD-powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, Voxonix has deployed ZFS data storage to shield your website contents from corruption. Also, Voxonix will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card at voxonyx.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit voxonyx.com to get started now. Welcome back to the Lost Streetcast. And we're going to go ahead here and we're going to get into our first story. So I make fun of you all the time about your non-existent Stanley Cup. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, now you might not want to get one for real or any cup for that matter. Or stop drinking liquids. (laughs) (laughs) So Pacific Market International Stanley Line Insulated Cups have become a trendy status symbol for TikTokers and their young fans. But when anything gets as popular, there's always backlash. Lately, social media posts about Stanley Cups focus on the rumors now confirm that they contain lead. Of course they do. <laughs> How concerned should be about that? Well, anyways, you know, as you know, lead is a metal that can cause damage to the brain and nervous system, especially in children. That's why lead was banned from the residential house paint in 1978. The main way to deal with the risk of lead is to minimize your exposure. So like, for example, if you have lead paint in your house, you paint over top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, also to a municipality that has like lead-based pipes, like Pittsburgh, for example, yeah, replace them. So that's why they're doing these upgrades on our water systems here. So apparently Stanley, um, on their website, they state that they use uh, lead in a small ceiling pellet on the bottom of the cup. So like if you have a Stanley cup, and you look on the bottom, there should be a small circle, the same color as the rest of the bottom of the cup. That actually covers up the pellet. So the interior, which comes in contact with the drink, obviously, doesn't contain any lead. Okay. The exterior, which you touch as you're holding the cup, doesn't contain lead. And the only way that you can actually be exposed to lead is that the ceiling pellet um, is damaged and the circle on the bottom of the cup comes off. So if you're worried whether you're going to be pouring your coffee out onto a lead-infused surface, relax. That's not what we're talking about here. That said, if you have a banged-up cup that's missing the covering circle at the bottom, you might want to do something about it. So if that, like, sticker or whatever is the covering comes off the bottom, they consider it warranty-eligible repair. So you go to Stanley1913.com, and you submit a warranty request, and they're getting a lot of requests, apparently. Because of the fact that, you know, this has become very popular on social media. Yeah, they, they, that's been all over TikTok is the lead that's in these. And, but, of course, they're <laughs> not going into details uh, about, you know, this little pellet or anything. They're just saying the cups have lead because drama gets views, you know. Right. Well, apparently, um, I guess some people are going to um, getting those, like, those test swabs to see if, you know, they have lead. The problem is, is that those swabs that you use for testing are used for testing lead paint. 
not they're not oh. really accurate whenever they're being used on metal like the interior of Stanley Cup, for example. I see. So even if they say they can test metal, it's usually a saying that they're used for painted metal. Okay. But most importantly, those swabs that you get aren't really that accurate. The EPA recognizes three brands of lead testing swabs are able to tell you whether a service does not contain a certain level of lead. They also say there's no lead test kits that can reliably tell when a service does contain lead. The false positive rate is extremely high, up to 90% from some lead-free materials and testing. So most people who are rubbing swabs on their Stanley Cups or other insulated tumblers are seeing them come up negative. But if they show a positive result, that doesn't necessarily mean there's lead on the surface of the cup. If you're going to be so cautious about lead that you don't believe Stanley when the manufacturer tells you that the stainless steel interior does not contain lead, you might just want to use a glass or plastic container. <laughs> and also, too, switching to another brand of metal cup isn't necessarily going to be the answer. Stanley isn't the only company that actually uses lead in the manufacturing process. So you're kind of wondering about the manufacturing process now. How does it get lead? Apparently, there is a small solder bead but levels of lead that exceed the federal lead content ban on most of these things here that basically use, they use the sil the, uh, the vacuum up that they make with those cups. Okay. I wonder what my brand mine is. I'm going to have to look. <laughs> Stanley. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently them using solder to make that vacuum mm -hmm. is a very old manufacturing practice, which has been quite common. Many manufacturers are now going ahead there and they're going to use alternatives to the lead for selling the vacuums and those types of cups. So hopefully now that we know that these have lead here, they'll number one, stop using the lead. Come up with some of the way the, the seal the vacuum up in these cups here. Right. Like, cause you know, you're doing, they do this just to, you know, make it as cheap as possible. And oh yeah. There's a reason not to get a Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm, I've never been one to really jump on board those kind of trends anyways because yeah, something always happens to where it's like, oh, there's this bad thing about this new trend that everybody's doing. and But in a few months, we'll be like, Stanley who? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Stanley, huh? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess we're going on to the next story here. So we are now in February, which means that it's Black History Month. Yay. It's, yay. <laughs> it's important to know our history and understand it um, and to know what's accurate. And as queer folk, we wouldn't have the rights that we have without acknowledging the Black LGBTQ community and their impact on the gay rights movement. And here are a few important folks I think you should know about if you don't already. Marsha P. Johnson was an African-American transgender rights activist whose work in the 1960s and 70s had a huge impact on the LGBTQ community. At the time, being gay was classified as a mental illness in the United States. Gay people were regularly threatened and beaten by police and were shunned by many in society. In June 1969, when Marsha was 23 years old, police raided a gay bar in New York called the Stonewall Inn. The police forced over 200 people out of the bar and onto the streets and then used excessive violence against them. 
Marsha, who was living and working in New York at the time, was one of the key figures who stood up to police during the raids. Marsha resisted arrest, but in the following days led a series of protests and riots demanding rights for gay people. This became known as the Stonewall Rebellion. News of these protests spread around the world, inspiring others to join protests and rights groups to fight for equality. Yeah, I mean, you hear a lot about that. You know? Yeah, yeah, I like the, that's the whole it's reason. Yeah, the the whole reason that Pride Month is in June was because mm-hmm. of the Stonewall Rebellion. And and do you remember that movie that came out a few years back? It was called Stonewall. I unfortunately have not seen that movie. Oh, no, not unfortunately. Don't bother because oh. they whitewashed the whole thing. They, oh. they they showed it as a blonde, white, blue-eyed boy that started the Stonewall Rebellion. No, 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 ma'am. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Huh? Yeah, yeah. The circus, yeah. Anyways, yeah, but of yeah. course they, you know, of course they Hollywood did that, you know. Um, Make it palatable to, to white, white people. Angelo Saxon. Yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i didn't even bother wa- watching it because I, I saw the uh the photo for like i guess it was the poster or right and they had this white boy at the the center of it i'm like oh are you serious yeah good didn't, lord yeah like it was uh, that was bad let's make everybody pretty in this yeah movie. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the next person is james baldwin He grew up in Harlem, New York, and eventually published his first book, Go Tell It on the Mountain, in 1953, which was a semi-autobiographical novel. The following year, he published his groundbreaking novel, Giovanni's Room. Its main character is a gay man. Throughout the rest of his writing career, Baldwin continued writing books and essays with LGBTQ and African-American characters. Themes of masculinity, sexuality, race, and class intertwine to create intricate narratives that run parallel with some of the major political movements towards social change in the mid-20th century America, such as the civil rights movement movement, and gay liberation movement. I mean, the fact that he's writing a groundbreaking novel about a gay man back in the 50s. In the 50s, you know. yeah. Uh, Audrey Lord described herself as a poet warrior feminist mother pioneer lover survivor but she was many other things as well she was connected to the civil rights movement of the 60s and the women's rights and gave movements of the 70s and beyond notably helping to bring women of color both straight and gay into betty Friedan's mostly white largely upper crust feminist movement lord's indefatigable spirit fought on many fronts and exclusion by white feminists was just one of the battles her colleague irene monroe wrote in a 2014 huff post essay before her death from breast cancer in 1992 lord wrote many of the most significant political and social treaties of the i'm not sure what that word is (laughs) of the modern activist age um, focusing on the indivisibility of sexism, racism, ageism, homophobia, and classism, and discouraging the hierarchies of oppression that pit marginalized groups against one another. Bayard Rustin worked with A. Philip Randolph on the March on Washington movement in 1941 uh, to press for an end to racial discrimination and employment. Rustin later organized freedom rides and helped to organize the Southern Christian leadership conference to strengthen Martin Luther King Jr.'s leadership and teaching King about nonviolence. 
Rustin was a gay man, and due to criticism over his sexuality, he usually acted as an influential advisor behind the scenes to civil rights leaders. In the 1980s, he became a public advocate on behalf of gay causes, speaking at events as an activist and supporter of human rights. In 2013, Rustin was posthumously awarded the Presidential Medal for Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor for his tireless work promoting equal rights. Now, there's a, a movie that's out about yeah, so I was Rustin just now. About that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's out right now. Um, I, I guess it's like a biographical, you know, about his life. I haven't seen it yet, but I plan to soon. That definitely sounds very interesting, I'll tell you what. American society in particular will whitewash any kind of history involving black people. And, and, and that doesn't exclude the gay community. They do it too. Yeah. You know, so it's in order to not be disingenuous, you have to acknowledge that these people had a dramatic impact on the rights that we have now. Oh, absolutely. It's a good thing. These people were around there. I mean, Granted, some of them, like Martin Luther King, for example, you know, ended up sure. paying with their life. But it's one of those things there where they made it definitely, you know, a major influence on society. You know, yeah, they made a huge impact up to this day. Yep. Anyways, we're gonna go ahead here and we're gonna take another break, and we're gonna be right back to Nostrade Cast after this. Discover new intimacy with Eden Fantasies. Dive into a world where your fantasies become reality with tantalizing toys handpicked for pure pleasure. Every item is a tool for either self-love, partner love, or both. Each toy is a high fun and high quality product with a stamp of approval from industry experts and passionate users with a 70,000 plus review base. Indulge without breaking the bank. Save up to 85% off site wide and enjoy free shipping on orders over $50. With In Fantasies, every moment is a confession, a thrill, and a discovery. Visit nsc.lgbt forward slash EF. That's nsc.lgbt forward slash EF. Body Jewelry has been in the business of supplying high-quality body jewelry items for more than a decade. They supplied navel rings, nose studs, barbells, nipple rings, any item of body jewelry you need. Their items are crafted from top materials like gold, titanium, steel, and silver, all by leading body jewelry designers. They also provide fast shipping within 24 hours of your order. Listeners to Not Straight Cast can visit nsc.lgbt forward slash body to check out their gallery of products that's nsc.lgbt forward slash b-o-d-y did you know that you receive snap medicaid or other qualifying government assistance you can save more money with amazon prime access qualifying government assistance recipients can access all of amazon prime for only six dollars and 99 cents per month that's less than half the cost of a normal amazon prime membership with your amazon prime membership you'll get access to fast free prime shipping prime video prime music prime reading prime gaming plus unlimited photo storage with amazon photos to get started visit nsc.lgbt forward slash prime that's nsc.lgbt forward slash prime. Welcome back to the Nostrade Cast. Anyways, we're going to go ahead here and get on to the next story. 
Eamon D. Penny, the 20-year-old member of an Ohio White Lives Matter group who attempted to firebomb an LGBTQ-friendly church last March, has been sentenced to 18 years in prison. What? Nice. Finally. Yeah, somebody does something right here. Yeah, really. <laughs> Him getting sentenced to prison being the right thing. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to say. Just clarify. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So in October last year, Penny pleaded guilty to violating the Church Arson Prevention Act, a federal hate crime, and to using fire and explosives to commit a felony. He admitted to throwing Motov cocktails at the Community Church of Chesterland in Chester, Ohio, on March 25th. The attack, which left scorch marks on the church door, was in response to Drag Queen Storytime events planned for April 1st. So Penny stated that he was trying to protect children and stop the drag show event according to a criminal complaint. Penny described using bottles from his bedroom and detailed the ingredients and steps he used to build and use the devices. Penny stated that night he became angrier after watching internet video news feeds and drag shows in France and decided to attack the church. Penny stated that he would have felt better if the Motov cocktails were more effective and burned the entire church to the ground. Following his March 31st arrest, Penny was housed in the Northeast Ohio Correctional Center in Youngstown, Ohio, where prosecutors say he wrote letters in a manifesto in which he expressed no remorse for his crimes. The letters which Penny attempted to send the members of neo-Nazi extremist groups, White Lives Matter of Ohio, and the Blood Tribe, expressed transphobic and anti-Semitic hatred and contained calls for further violence targeting a specific drag event. In their sentencing memo, Federal prosecutors noted that church burnings have a long and sordid history in the United States. Burning a church is a potent of the symbols hate is burning a cross on the lawn or leaving a hanging noose, they wrote. When defendant Eamon Penny threw Motov cocktails at the community church of Chesterland, he joined the shameful history of hatred and attacked the heart of the local community, trying to intimidate and frighten those who disagree with him. Eamon Penny will spend the next 18 years in prison because he committed crimes funded by hate, attempting to burn down a church because this member supported the LGBTQ plus community. U.S. Attorney Rebecca C. Lutko for the Northern District of Ohio said in a press release, hate crimes like Penny's hurt not those of the individual target, but the entire community causing people to fear attack based on who they love and undermining the sense of safety within places of worship. Violent, biased, motivated extremism has no place in our country. And our office will aggressively prosecute those who commit such crimes, she wrote. Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark of the Justice Department Civil Rights Division said that prosecutors hope that this significant sentence sends a clear and resounding message that this type of hate-fueled attack against the church will not be tolerated for our community. This defendant tried to burn down a church simply because its members created space for and provided support for the LGBTQ plus community. The Justice Department will vigorously investigate and prosecute such senseless, biased, motivated violence against people exercising their constitutionally protected rights to practice religion and express their beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> God, the damage that Donald Trump did to this country. Right. Could, could you imagine if you remember uh, the movie um, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar? I don't think you can make the movie nowadays. Uh, no, or somebody would bomb the, the theater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, seriously. Like, and it was, that was, oh. Oh, good Lord. 
I mean, it's just like, yeah, I feel like in a sense, things have gone backwards. Backwards. Like we've talked about before. Yeah. It's like things have gone backwards. It feels like anytime you have something that can be the slightly little bit controversial. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you have the whole entire MAGA crowd, you know, up in arms protesting about it there, especially the direct queen story hours. I mean, I think we used to have those in Pittsburgh. Yeah. They've gone away because of that fact, you know? Yep. And we're pretty democratic. We're pretty blue here, you know? In Pittsburgh, yeah, for sure. But surrounding us is all red. All know? red. But you got to also think of the, the population of the areas that are out that way. There aren't as many as it looks like there are, you know, when they show a map of like red and blue, like a lot of those red areas are really not populated. There might be like a handful of people or whatever that, but they just happen to be all, you know, Republican. What surprised me was, is that the County right next to us, West Rowland County, which is originally where I'm from is becoming more Republican. And mm -hmm. whenever um, I was driving to my parents' house there during election season a while back there, um, I was seeing all the, like the yard signs and everything there. I was yeah. surprised to see it was probably 75, 35 for Trump. And I was it like, was, what was the hell is, yeah, in Westmoreland County. And I'm just kind of like, what the hell is going on here? Because Westmoreland County used to be blue. It used to be Democratic. Was it really more more I, Republican? Yeah, I would have thought that Westmoreland would would have been more conservative. Well, I mean, yeah, you're starting to get more towards Johnstown. Think of Johnstown as very conservative. Yeah. So it's kind of like Pittsburgh is very liberal, you know. So probably Westmoreland County would be somewhere in between. Okay, I got you. The whole entire demographic has shifted to where it's kind of like a lot of people who have complete warped sense of views in life to dictate what's good or bad for everybody else. I have hope. I have hope for the, for the future. I do. But the fact that it's kind of like, you know, this guy's getting 18 years for burning down a church. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's because you need to get 18 years for bringing down a church. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Like it shouldn't be like a slap on the wrist. You know, it shouldn't be like, you know, you can just get away with this here. And no, it's a good thing. It's it's really good that you know people are starting to be prosecuted for this and, yes. and that like I think Barack Obama was the one that you know finally declared it a hate crime to you know come after us. Um, I think that's probably the one benefit that has come out of everything here, even though we feel like things are kind of moving backwards. Right. The fact that these things are actually crimes now are good yeah. because they weren't before. No, they weren't. Uh, like, and I know some states still have the gay panic defense, you know, on their books where if somebody attacks somebody who is gay, they could turn around and say, well, they hit on me and it freaked me out. And that makes it okay that I did this. And, you know, that was perfectly but plausible. That whole entire argument is being, is basically becoming less and less okay now. It know? is. It is. A lot of states have completely outlawed that, that defense and. You know, we're, we're seeing some changes in, in that respect. So you take the good, you take the bad, and there you have the facts of life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, it's stuck in my head. Right, yeah. Sorry about the that earworm there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that.
Well, but anyways, yeah, yeah you have their story here. So <laughs> this is a long show. Okay. Movies such as Boys Don't Cry and Dallas Buyers Club, where non transgender actors have played transgender roles, show the need for more representation of transgender people in Hollywood. TV has been more progressive than films, with more TV series bringing visibility to this community. TV shows like The Fosters and Good Trouble feature trans actors and actresses playing trans roles. The following are four black transgender actresses who are making their mark. Laverne Cox jumped to stardom in 2013 when she played a transgender inmate in a women's prison on Netflix's Orange is the New Black. Cox was nominated for three Emmy Awards for her role and became the first openly transgender person to be nominated for a primetime Emmy in an acting category in 2014. It was also in 2014 that Cox became the first transgender person to appear on the cover of Time magazine. She has won awards, including a SAG award, and has been named one of the Gurio's most influential African-Americans. Cox continues to use her influence to promote LGBTQ plus rights. Dominique Johnson wrote to the spotlight due to her role as Electra Abundance on FX's Pose, a show that captures New York City's ballroom culture scene in the 1980s and 90s. Originally from Trinidad and Tobago, Jackson is not only an actress, but a model and author as well. She modeled for Vogue España and released her autobiography in 2014 titled The Transsexual from Tobago. Jackson is an advocate for LGBTQ rights through her partnerships with nonprofit organizations such as Destination Tomorrow in the Bronx. Another star from Pose is New Jersey-born MJ Rodriguez. The ballroom scene depicted in the show was nothing new to Rodriguez, who became involved at 14 years old with her father's support. She went to Berkeley College of Music, where she was cast in an off-Broadway production of Rent, and her acting career began. She has starred in other notable television series, such as Nurse Jackie, The Carrie Diaries, and Luke Cage. Last year, Rodriguez became the first openly transgender woman to win Best Actress Television at the Imogen Awards and became the first Afro-Latina trans woman to partner with Olay Body. Using her influence, Rodriguez has been at the forefront of gaining momentum for the Black Trans Lives movement during protests earlier this year. Wisconsin-born Angelica Ross shot stardom when she acted in a web series titled Her Story, which was nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Short-Form Comedy or Drama in 2016. From there, she starred in other TV series such as TNT's Claws and CBS's Doubt before her critically acclaimed role as Candy Ferocity in Pose. She's been featured in two seasons of American Horror Story. Ross is also a businesswoman. She tr founded TransTech Social Enterprises, a company that focuses on economically empowering transgender people. She's also an activist for LGBTQ rights and was the first openly transgender person to host the 2020 Presidential Candidate Forum on LGBTQ issues. I don't feel like I'm doing enough with my life. <laughs> <laughs> right? I love Angelica Ross. Oh, yeah. I, I love her. I mean, most people know Laverne Clocks because she was on Orange is the New Black. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people know those names. Mm -hmm. But I, th I thought it was important to bring up some of these other people. I never saw Pose. I never watched that. I, I, I knew what it was. I'm not much of a TV kind of thing. But uh, I guess After I'm going to After working TV for as long as I did there, I don't watch much TV nowadays. <laughs> so I know exactly what you're saying there. It's kind of yeah. like I should watch more TV, really. 
well, I like to watch movies and if I'm going to watch TV, I, I, you know what? I wind up watching the same thing. Like I'm like watching special victims unit through from the like beginning because mm-hmm. that's just what I'm doing. But I, I don't know. I don't have much patience for a lot of television. Yeah. It's become worse. <laughs> Let's be honest with you there. Yeah. Like it's, it, there's so many commercials all the time. Yeah. It's like, there's more commercials than there there are, is like show. Mm-hmm. Especially like on the streaming channels these days, it seems like. Yeah, it's even like with this podcast, it seems like it has more commercials than it's ever <laughs> <laughs> We're getting in on the game. <laughs> but we have an excuse. We're poor. We're, we're broke. <laughs> we're broke. The show needs to make money somehow. Yeah. So <laughs> please support our advertisers. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on here. Uh, the Capitol Police, you know, they had that whole entire thing about the two men having sex in the Senate hearing room. Uh-huh. And that showed up in December of 2023 all over our news feeds and everything there. <laughs> Apparently, they've done the investigation now. And uh, they concluded their investigation. And they said that there's currently no evidence that the crime was committed. But it remains willing to review new evidence should any come to light, according to an official statement. After consulting with the federal and local prosecutors, as well as doing a comprehensive investigation and review of possible charges, it was determined that despite a likely violation of congressional policy, there's currently no evidence that a crime was committed, which I never knew that having sex was a crime, but here you go. Now, here we are. Although the hearing room was not open to the public at the time, the statement continued. The congressional staffer involved had access to the room. The two people of interest were not cooperative, nor were the elements of any of the possible crimes met. The video in question showed a young man in a black jockstrap kneeling upon an elevated hearing room table in Senate room Hart 216, the room used for judiciary hearings. After the right-wing website, the Daily Caller posted a censored version of the video online. Homophobic rep Mike Collins identified one man in the video as Adian Macis an aide for Senator Ben Cardin. They denied the accusations on LinkedIn, writing in a now-deleted post, I've been attacked for her. I love to pursue a political agenda. I love my job, and I would never disrespect my workplace. Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. Not mentioning the staffer by name in a statement, the Capitol Police said that he exercised his Fifth Amendment right to remain silent and refused to talk to us. So barely a day after the video surfaced on the right-wing websites, Corden's office released a short statement that said that Aiden Mazis-Sodopsi is no longer employed by the U.S. Senate. We will no longer further comment on this personnel matter. Senator Cardin himself later acknowledged that the incident saying that it was a breach of trust, it's a tragic situation, and it presented a lot of anger and frustration. I'm concerned about our staff and the way that they feel about this. Anti-LGBTQ plus right-wingers pointed to the video as evidence of queer depravity. Fox News host Jesse Waters called the video worse than the January 6th insurrection. Really? Wow. That's stretch, to say the very least. Another Fox News host expressed disappointment from former President Donald Trump's recent white supremacist rhetoric on the campaign trail, 
that caused the media to stop focusing on the explicit Senate video. Here's the way I think about it. Yeah, you know, you should not have made that video. It should not have been posted. Yeah. You know, even if you made the video, you should not have posted it. You know, it should not have gotten out, basically. Yeah, it shouldn't have. Or should you not have done it in the first place, you know? I mean, if you love your job that much, do you have sex with your job? I don't. I I don't do that. No, I have never done that. (laughs) I just think neither one of us are lucky enough. Let's be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) But still, if you have a high profile job in a public setting there, I would think the last thing you would want to do is possibly put your job in jeopardy by doing something like that there. Yeah. Like what did they think was going to happen? Like really? Right. Like, aren't most of those rooms, don't they have cameras anyways? Exactly, yeah. Like, you, know? could, you couldn't have got found anywhere else to do this. But, yeah, your hornball, you know, motivation, and you're, you're thinking with your dick instead of your brain, you know? Yeah, and, and there right. you have it. <laughs> exactly. There you have the explanation in a nutshell. So, in a sense, sir, it's kind of like, are we as bad as Fox News? No. you should not have done that there but it's kind of like this is not january 6th i'm sorry yeah no there's no they will do anything to try to downplay that whole thing like we didn't like the whole world didn't see them climbing the walls of the Capitol like honky kong you know i'm sorry i never had i never broke a window having sex either (laughs) no i've never smeared shit all over the halls of congress because yeah Yeah. oh man oh man so next story this is one for all the queer animal lover yinzers out there pittsburgh's free spay and neuter program is on hold until further notice i know a couple of our listeners are personally involved in the catch and release program for stray cats Uh, The message on the website reads, the spay and neuter program for the residents of the city of Pittsburgh is currently on pause while the program is being revised in ways to ensure that the program's limited funds are helping those residents and animals most in need of this assistance. Please hold your application until the site is updated. Thank you. There's no explanation or indication of when the program will resume. Uh, There are mounds of unfixed animals that repopulate, said a local trapper named Desiree Stimak. Besides being flooded with animals that are multiplying, getting sicker, mating each other, creating colonies that are just awful, Stimak added. Pittsburgh residents can get up to five pets spayed and neutered for free every year, and the Borough of Animal Care and Control is responsible for determining who is eligible. State Senator Jay Costa says his office is looking into the issue and trying to get more information from the city on what's changing with the program and when it will reopen. I guess from what I understand, allegedly, is that people were from outside of Pittsburgh were using like a friend who lived in Pittsburgh, their address to get their pet spayed or neutered. Oh, I never even thought about that. Um, I have. A I friend... think that's why they stopped the program. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, gosh, of course the people would do something, you know, like. Yeah, people are going to take advantage of this here, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I know somebody, and and I thought that this was going to affect him, but it actually doesn't. He lives in McKeesport, but, um, uh, yeah, he's actively involved in catch and release, like, through a shelter that's out in New Kensington, I guess. Okay. The people that, it this only affect people within the city of Pittsburgh, so. But let's be honest there, just in the whole entire general, whole entire scheme of things. If you ever met somebody who had a pet 
who was intact. Doesn't that creep you out? It does. I know a couple people that refuse to neuter their males because they take it personally. What? You know, why? You know, they're, they're, they're going to emasculate the poor dog by clipping its balls. Like, the, I, like, I know people that seriously feel that way. The cat will turn gay. The dog will turn gay. You know? <laughs> yeah, they, they completely take it personally. Be like, wearing a pink skirt before you know it. <laughs> And have you right. ever been in a room with an unfixed male dog? Like they yeah. are like a bull in a china shop. They they have all this testosterone that's just driving them, and it's they're they're bullies. And I'm not saying they're not sweet, but they they are pushy they're, and they're they're not controlled. They're not yeah. controlled at all. They're yeah. they're and you could see the the craze behind their eyes, like especially if they're around fixed females that they can't, you know. Oh yeah get their know. groove on so that now they're frustrated and if you look away one time bam they're humping yeah them, you know yep yep i unfortunately had to deal with that there when i lived in florida it's basically the owner who okay. i lived with of a internet provider at the time who i lived with there at the time he had an unfixed dog he had two unfixed dogs and well yeah the, a female their energy is insane he used to say puppies ensued there were yeah. a few puppies but you know it was kind of <laughs> like wow you know yeah. You know, because you won't spend, you know, whatever it costs her to get your pet spayed or neutered like you should. Right. And the, and the one person that I met um, or that I know that, you know, won't clip his dog's nuts because he takes it personally. They want, he wound up having to get rid of that dog because that dog was like so forceful and so aggressive that it yeah. just started attacking people <laughs> because he, he wasn't getting laid. Like the dog wasn't getting laid. He was getting no relief from any of this. That's so, what happened to the one dog. Yeah. They ended up having to get rid of him. Yeah. Cause they, they get too pushy yeah. and aggressive and mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this dog, I went over their house the one time and he went straight for my face. And, and then, oh my God. And they went like, and then I guess about a week later, the dog attacked one of their children and it was all testosterone. If they would have fixed that dog, it would have been a completely different animal. Which is probably the reason why I'm not wild about dogs anymore because this dog that I was talking about mm-hmm. tried to attack me. Yeah. Yeah, they and, will. Like, yeah. It, and the it, owner had to be like, no, you know. It's not, there. it's not because it's like an aggressive animal. It's all this testosterone. They don't know what to do with. Yeah. Imagine never being able to get off ever. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be pretty mad too. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little cranky. So little anyways, cranky. yeah. Heed the experience of Bob Barker. Get your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs> yeah. Get them fixed. So, get mm-hmm. those animals fixed. It's important. But anyways, um, talking about other wacky pets, we have our moment of conclusion. So what we're going to be talking about today are parrots. The parrots are a fount of foul language. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) It's so (laughs) funny. Their habit of spouting curse words at a torrid rate by turns. More than amused the people who work with them at the Lincolnshire Wildlife Park in Frinsky, England. Now the family-friendly animal park is trying a new planet hopes will tames the parents' salty language. It's integrating them into a larger flock, where they will hopefully learn all the nicer words and sounds, Stephen Nichols, <laughs> the park CEO, told NPR. But for now, the profane parrots know no bounds. 
Consider how Nichols describes the video link he set up for this week. He's preparing to speak with a BBC program after interest in the park's African gray parrot spiked a few days ago. Of course, the parrot behind me is making quite obscene noises during the TV segment. Nicholas sent in a video update on Facebook. He thought about moving farther away from the bird, but that would just disrupt the camera shot that had been carefully trained on Nichols. He did apologize straight away, saying it's not his fault. They actually say a little bit of effing and juffing. Of course, he needed to have worried, as it turns out the patrons of the zoo, as well as songs that people online seem to be perfectly willing to accept the the parrots as they are, profanity and all. The park has hosted a sign near the parrot's habitat, warning that visitors should expect to hear every common swear word and should shepherd children away from the area. That's hysterical. <laughs> Still, Nichols says the park human workers enjoy the lighter side of the bird's unique speech and the international media attention that they're getting. And the staff finds it hilarious that they're seeing the birds in their care appearing on broadcast worldwide, Nichols said adding that his colleagues are getting messages from relatives living abroad, saying that they're seeing the Lincolnshire Park on their local news. It's not the first time the parrots have caused a stir. When five foul-mouthed African greys, Billy, Elise, Eric, Jade, and Tyson, were donated to the park early in the COVID-19 pandemic, staff resorted to sequestering them from the public spaces to keep them out of earshot. As of now, the park has around eight birds that require explicit language advisories. <laughs> Great parrots' intimate abilities have been lauded at least since Aristotle, according to an academic paper from 2010 that surveyed their aptitude for vocal learning and reproduction. All of this raises a key question. Are the parrots teaching all these found words to each other, or is the profanity coming from the humans? It's certainly down to the humans, Nichols said. And what makes it funnier is that this particular species actually replicates the person's voice exactly. Illustrating this point, he tells the story of the lady who spoke to him about donating her parrot. Her husband had taught the bird all the profane words it knew, she said. There was just one snag. It was quite easy to hear that she wasn't telling the truth as it swore in her voice. <laughs> <laughs> that is fabulous. Uh, so you I... have a bunch of birds that swear, and it's kind of like, you know what? Yeah. They're a hit. <laughs> Before I got Puka, I was looking heavily into getting a little parrot just because I wanted to teach it how to tell Puka's people to fuck cat. off. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Puka is my cat, yes. Uh -huh. So before I got her, I, you know, thought about getting a parrot, but they are they really aren't designed for apartment living. They're very loud animals. <laughs> Plus also too, wouldn't the cat eat the parrot? Oh, well, I mean, if I had got the parrot, I probably wouldn't have gotten a cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it'd have been either or, not both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd have been either or for sure. Because parrots are also a lot of upkeep. And uh, of course, they... then you've got the parrot in the cat. It'd be like meow, 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 meow all the time, right? Yeah. I, I had um, a cat and a parakeet when I was in high school. And I came home from school the one day to find that my cat had eaten my parakeet. Aww. All that was left was a beak and a, and, <laughs> and I saw a foot. <laughs> And I had the most inappropriate reaction ever. I laughed so hard that I cried. There were feathers oh, no. all over the place. I didn't know. Like, I just started cracking up. Like, I think I lost my mind for like a, a split second there. <laughs> man, oh, man. Yeah. It's like, it's always sad whenever you're young and you have a pet die. You know? Yeah. 
And that's awful. That, I mean, it, it, it's awful no matter what, you know. So yeah, that parakeet was so cool too. Like he was so sweet. He, he would just like sit on my shoulder, sit on my glasses, and and would come to me when I stuck my finger out, and he'd fly to me, and it was very sad. But <laughs> wasn't it a certain thing with parakeets that you have to cover them up at night? Yeah, all birds, you have to cover them up at night so they know it's time for bed. Otherwise, they'll start talking. They'll keep talking and yapping all day, all night long. And I think that's actually how one of my parents, my parents had a uh, pet bird and it died. Oh. They forgot to cover it up. Like my they sister never covered had it. it. Yeah, yeah. They never covered it up and it died because so of that fact. It didn't get any sleep probably because yeah. it didn't, it never knew it was time to go to bed. But I tell you what, that thing got out of its cage such a bitch to get it back in this cage <laughs> <laughs> yep yep unless they are trained to come back to you they're they're hard to get once they're flying around amazingly crazy how smart these birds are i tell you what they really are they are they're all over like tiktok i follow a bunch of people that have birds on there these animals are amazing the birds of tiktok the, huh yeah the, some feed huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah like they have there's a lot of talking animals actually, but the the birds are funny because they like to sing songs and 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 they're they're very uh they're, they're very skilled at learning. It doesn't really take a whole lot for them to start learning how to talk. So that's your about you page on TikTok, right? It's yeah, just all birds, huh? All birds and, and dogs that uh can use those little <laughs> talking buttons. You've seen those? No, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> there's this one that when, whenever he asks for a treat and mom says no he goes to the button that says bitch <laughs> <laughs> they have a bitch button <laughs> oh, i'll send you a video next time i come across it. it's hilarious that, that is so funny it's a, it's a pomsky <laughs> <laughs> anyways <laughs> that's so funny we're going to wrap up this shinding here. So subscribe to us. We're all great podcasts are sold. Also check out nonstreetcast.com, which has links to our previous podcasts, our discord server, Facebook, Instagram, threads, TikTok, and YouTube pages, along with the nonstreetcast.com forward slash store for your very own nonstreetcast branded merchandise. Also visit nonstreet.news, our LGBTQ news aggregator, for the latest LGBTQ news from multiple sources all at your fingertips. We use it to help find the stories we feature on the show, and we hope that you'll find it useful as well. Finally, check out Not Straight Radio, our brand new online 24-7 LGBTQ talk radio station at nsc.lgbt radio, also on YouTube and twitch.tv. If you like Not Straight Cast, please suggest it to a friend and leave a five-star review for us at your favorite podcast app. Also, we want to hear from you. Email us at feedback at notstraightcast.com or record a voice message for us by using the send a voice message link on the notstraightcast.com website or at nsc.lgbt forward slash vm. Your voice message could make it onto a future show. Thank you for listening to Not Straight Cast. Until next time, have a not straight one. Bye. Bye. This podcast is copyright 2024 Voxonics LLC.